Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Joe Smith to my Kenyon Martin. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, Joe Smith, man. What a bummer. <laughs> nice, long NBA career. Sure, sure, Got sure. Got paid a lot of money, brought down the Minnesota Timberwolves. At least um, I don't have a dumb, like, lips tattoo like you do, so I guess I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah. Can you like, like, you know, tattoos have come a long way in the last few years. Like, like, you know, like we, they're way more acceptable in society, which is great because it's stupid that they ever were in the first place. But mm-hmm. how do you like explain, I mean, I know Kenny Martin's not a normal person, but like, he, like <laughs> there has to be people out there that get like, oh man, Kenny Martin did that. I'm going to do the same thing. And they're working mm-hmm. somewhere right now, right. like in a, in a nine to five office with the collared mm-hmm. shirt on and yeah. they have a lips tattoo on their neck. I mean, how do you explain that? Like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's gotta be tough. It's gotta be tough. Um, but I guess you could say, well, at least it's not Chinese lettering. That's probably offensive now. That's, so, um, yeah, that's a good point. Know. Yeah. Marcus Camby's probably got to get some some work done on his or the uh, you know the the Goldberg barbed wire that everybody <laughs> thought was really cool. <laughs> I thank God every day that when I was eighteen, I was so afraid of needles that I could not get a tattoo because I definitely would have had a bicep tattoo that would look horrible, horrible right now. Um, yeah, I could see that. I'm definitely afraid yeah. of needles still. Like I've I've yeah. I've told with the idea of getting a tattoo mm-hmm. every couple of years and I'm like, no, no, no. Like I actually was in a shop one time in college and one of my friends who has like had like seven tattoos already went before me and th- thinking like, okay, I'll let him go and then you know, then he can talk me through mine and he started freaking out while he's getting his and this was like his eighth <laughs> tattoo. I was like, You've done this before and then I that was it for me. And so yeah, I just yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yeah, thank God for fear of needles. I but yeah, anytime I see Kenny, anytime someone says Kenny Martin, my first, my literal first thought is lips tattoo, like literal yeah. first thought. The first thing I think of is dirt giving him buckets <laughs> in 2009. Um, take that, Kenny Martin. Please don't, don't come fight me. I don't, I don't want to fight Kenny Martin. Um, that's a tough guy right there. Um, let's talk about the draft, my man. This is uh, so last year. When um, we had nothing to do in life, you know, remember, remember COVID? Um, we did uh, weekly for about, I think we did nine. I think we did nine episodes where we did one prospect breakdown. Mm-hmm. We, we got uh, we got an Anthony Edwards episode. We got a Lamelo Ball, which probably doesn't look great in hindsight. <laughs> uh, we got a, a, a James Wiseman. We got a, a, a Kongu. We, we, we broke down uh, each of them individually. We kind of had a plan to do the same for, for at least the top five or six guys this year. Um, and then we, we, we kept getting bogged down with other things. Our, our episodes were running too long anyway. We just had too much to talk about, didn't have enough time. Also, I'm having a struggle with this draft of just getting really into it. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're – maybe it's because the Mavs don't have a pick, but that's happened plenty of times in the past when I've really been invested in the draft. So I, I don't know. It's – it's a weird draft to me too, because there's so much talent at the top, and then it feels like the next forty players are about the same, you know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's an it's an odd year. But um, my point is, we're not going to do individual breakdowns. What we're going to do instead. So today, in this bonus episode, 
we're going to be talking about the top four prospects because they, I just, I don't think there's any reputable uh, draft person in the world who has anybody else in the top four. It's, yeah. it's the same on everybody's way. It may be in different order and ours may be in different order. I don't know. I haven't talked to you about mm-hmm. what your order is on these, with these four guys, but, but these four guys are, are on everyone's top four. Um, and then next week in our bonus episode, probably going to kind of round out like the next, I don't know, 10 prospects, something like that, Tobin, like the rest of the lottery mm-hmm. kind of guys, something, something like that. And then the week after that, we'll do more of a free for all for uh back half of the first second round sleeper type players, things like that. And, uh, and just do like some real light breakdowns on guys we like guys we don't like etc etc um uh-huh. but today today we're going to be talking about the presumptive top four picks which are who are Cade cunningham jalen green evan mobley and jalen suggs so tobin should we should we start with Cade? i guess yeah i mean pretty sure that's the obvious answer honestly okay all right so last year you know it's it's no secret that you are definitely the the more brain and nerd of this than I am. I, I, I do enjoy prepping for the draft and you make it a, a seventh job instead. And <laughs> I just enjoy looking at yeah. videos or talking about them. Stupid. So, you know, very stupid. So it's, it always makes more sense for me to kind of like lead this and host it and let you just go off for an hour and a half on each one. So, Hey, and, and by the way, we should say we had lots of hits and misses last year. It's, this is the way of things, yeah. right? Like, I yeah, mean, I mean, we, we we definitely didn't weren't as high on Lamelo Ball as he turned out to be. Uh, I think we were justified in that. There's other places where I'd say we were less justified in our misses. Lamelo was one that I've told everybody. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think anyone who is not actually in a room with him doing draft interviews should feel bad about mm-hmm. being unsure about Lamelo Ball. There were a lot of question marks that were reasonable, I think. And we just, we, you know, we can't know any more than, than those things. But The saving grace with that is that we did say that we think he can be effective yeah. and good. We just thought sure. he would, his ego would take over. And, and that's the one thing we were super wrong about. He came in with the right attitude and, exactly. and it showed. Exactly. And it was very, you know, sure. and, it, and that obviously can change. But like this year, we were, we were way wrong about that. You know, yeah, we were super sure. right about Desmond Bain. So that's good. Yeah. You know, we were real right about Bain. Uh, I had, I had Emmanuel quickly higher on my board than anybody else. I mean, I'm not exaggerating like any draft person. Um, so I got that one right. You smelled, also had you Tyler smelled the, like, you know, you smelled the crap on Wiseman too. So <laughs> yeah, wasn't, wasn't real high on him. Um, but I also had Tyler Bay as like number 17 and he played two games, you know? So it's, I don't think that was Tyler Bay's fault though. <laughs> maybe. I hope. I hope. Um, Sorry, Danny. But, uh, there's, there's hits and misses. There's hits and misses yeah. and all this sort of thing. And, and neither of us get the opportunity to do this kind of full time. So if you want like, you know, full time draft coverage. There's there's a lot of great. Hey, guess what? Like we Kevin still get O'Connor more right than job. they do, though. I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, I, it's, it's it's everybody has their hits and misses in this this field. It's a it's a. I don't know. Draft coverage is like you're you're trying to project, and that's really mm-hmm. that's really difficult to do. So if you want professionals doing it, Kevin O'Connor does a great job of it. Sam Vecini does a great job of it. There's a YouTube channel called Hoop Intellect that I I pull from a ton. Mm-hmm. To, that's where I to go put to these for most together. of mine. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially this year. I do like a little fake draft guide. It used to be year. Draft Express until ESPN ruined yeah. him. Oh, so, yeah. RIP, RIP. But yeah, usually, I mean, most years, last year especially was a year that like I used Hoop Intellect and I used other like strength and weaknesses clip videos and things like that. 
but I like really tried hard to see my own stuff, watch the game, watch games without you know, stuff attached to it with, with strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And this year I've got less time and haven't been able to do it. Hoop and elect has been a massive, massive uh, help tool for me. So big yeah. shout to, to what they're doing over there. But anyway, I'm sorry. Kate so speaking of hits and misses, you know, I think it's pretty fair to say that in some respect, there's no way that this is going to be a miss in this situation. I think Kate sure. is the, probably the most sure prospect that's not a superstar already. That's co- that we you know that we've had in a while, probably. Okay, so here's the here is the stats on him. He is a freshman from Oklahoma State. He is 19 years old. He is a big guard. He is six eight mm. and two twenty. Uh, his one year at Oklahoma State, he averaged 20.2 points. He shot 41 percent from three. He had 3.6 assists a game and 1.4 steals. Um, I'm gonna save my my thoughts on him. I want to go and go straight to you. So. Let's not talk about what we think is going to happen with him in regards mm. to where he's going to go or what's going to happen with Detroit. Sure. Let's just talk about right now. What do you see when you see Cade Hunt Cunningham? What are your impressions? What are your what are your loves and hates about him? Sure. Um, I mean, he feels like he's already a complete player. That's that's nice. But he also, I mean, I think he has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I think he will get better and be um, uh, because I don't. I, I don't know. It's it's so weird that that can be a knock. Like that was one of the knocks on Luca. If you remember, like Travis Schlink especially was like, "Well, he's already. We think he's already kind of tapped out." And it's like that's the stupidest thing anyone's ever said. Like, what do you, what do you mean? He's he's already good, so you don't want to draft him. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I think Cade Cunningham is a guy who will come in. He will impact games immediately, uh, and he he can kind of do it on from all facets. Mm-hmm. I, you know. During the season when I watched him, there were times where I was underwhelmed. And I think part of it is just Oklahoma State wasn't very good. But a big part of it is like I I'm not sure that he is a primary scorer mm-hmm. um in the NBA. And that showed up sometimes in college. He had he had a couple of really bad scoring games, but other games he kind of um I won't say he floated, but he does not necessarily look for his own opportunity to score all maybe as often as you might want from somebody who is handling the ball as much as he is. Like, I feel like that's a fair knock to say, I'm not sure he's the number one scorer on a good team, but, but he does everything else really well. And he can score and he can score at all three levels a little bit. And, um, and he's an incredible passer. He's an incredible passer. He's, he's, he's got elite vision. He uses that six, eight real well. Um, and he can, he can throw the ball all over the place. He's got high IQ, um, I don't know the, the, I mean, he might not be Luca LeBron level passer, but he's like the next notch down. I think from, from day mm-hmm. one, pr- pretty close to it. Uses body pretty well. He shot really well. I think 40% from three at almost six attempts a game. That's legit. He gets to a shot off the dribble. That's a huge, huge thing. We see that all the time to be able to get to your pull up to, to create your own offense is a, a massive, massive part of today's NBA. Um, and I, I think he can, I think he can defend. I, I don't think he's going to be, I don't know if you feel differently on this, but I don't think he's ever going to be like in a, like a real high level defender, but with what he's going to give you on offense, that doesn't really matter all that much because I think he's switchable one through four against most teams and he gets out, he uses his length really well. He kind of contains, 
and he's he's going to make things difficult on on the offensive player, mm-hmm. even if he's not going to like shut him down, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or something like that. And he was super clutch too. He he scored. I think the stat I saw was 106 clutch points this season, which I believe was number one in in the country. Um, he just did a lot. He did that thing. I, I saw several games this year, and I, I know you did too, because he's he was in conference with Tech, and so saw saw a good chunk of games of, of his where he did the thing where he kind of let the game come to him for most of the game, and then in the last two minutes it was like, all right, cool, time for me to get a couple buckets mm-hmm. and put this thing away, and that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I love I love that kind of stuff. So I don't know; those are most yeah. of the, the the good things I see there. There's a few flaws as well yeah those are the good things let me jump in on the good things he yeah. he dictates the the tempo really well um mm-hmm. you know i was i thought i was crazy for thinking this and then i started seeing some sites put this up too but because of his size in, in, in being a primary ball handler he does look like luca out there like he does. yeah he doesn't like score like luca and he's not going to be as you know He's not going to be able to create his own shot as much as Luca does ever, probably. But his the thing that stood out to me the most was the way he ha- has that same kind of like over the top passing vision that Luca and LeBron have, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his off ball defense was really good. Like I mean, like in, in that's yeah. in in the position that he's going to probably end up being in a two or three. That's going to be really important. Um, I he kind of reminds me of like. I don't know, maybe Grant Hill a little bit, but you know, can yeah. but can play more on the outside today. Because I mean, of course, I'm thinking Pistons, so that's like that's kind of where I or my <laughs> head went. Um, I just I think that he could be somebody that actually takes the pressure off Killian Hayes, and you yeah. know, and actually, I think Kevin O'Connor literally put that in his his description and said he's you know he can take the pressure off Killian Hayes, and I think that's the first thing I thought of when they won the Lotto was man. If Killian Hayes is, is at all, I mean, that's one that we were super wrong. I was super wrong about coming into this year. But if, if you could put Cade next to him and you can get anything from Killian Hayes that, from what we thought he might be able to do, it yeah. could be a pretty legitimate backcourt in a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. His interior – like, he, he plays – you know, I think I saw somewhere when I was when I was looking up notes on him stuff that someone said he's the American Americanized Luca. that if he, if he were to sure. play – grow up in Europe, like, he would have those kind of – you know, European flashes that Luca has, but he, instead he's, instead of being um, a finesse player, he's more of a put your head down and and barrel through players because he grew Mm. up in America. Um, Which, which to me, it reminds me of Brandon Roy. You remember like, I mean like, like a healthy Brandon Roy. It's what it reminds me. Totally. Totally. And I I don't think he's as good of a scorer as Brandon Roy is, but he could be like, that's the thing is like, We've only had one real year of watching him with a bad coach and a bad team. And, Mm -hmm. and so, I think that those are the positives that I see out of him. Okay, so yeah, let's let's move on to the very probably minimum, but like some of the minuses that you see about him. Um, he's not a great athlete. He he doesn't really he doesn't have much explosiveness to his game at all. Um, he's you know the Luca comp, but you can definitely see that when you when you watch. By the way, when we say maybe this goes without saying, I, I don't know, but when you say yeah, he reminds me of Luca, I or whoever. Yeah, he reminds me of Kobe or somebody like that. It's we're not saying he's gonna be as good. It's just he's gonna be yeah. as good. It's just like I like how Kevin O'Connor puts it with shades of because that's what that's really what it is. It's like I I see shades of this guy's game, shades of that guy's game, things like that. Like mm-hmm. um, since the Luca comp is there, I mean, Luca is one of the knocks on him was he was not not very athletic and lacks explosiveness and stuff. 
he wasn't. I I feel like I said at the time, and I I fully believe now. Like Luca is an elite athlete in terms of using his body and the 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 shin angles and the the mm-hmm. steps and all all the like the the biomechanics stuff is that we it's kind of hard to measure unless you're you know a, a, a weirdo um, like kind of like I am but. Cade is not that he doesn't he doesn't really have those kinds of things and that's one of the things that will set Luca apart from from a guy like Cade is is just the the body angles that he can create stuff that he can do with his body he doesn't really have all that so that is something that you're is going to be missing a little bit is the the athleticism and the explosiveness and and all that kind of stuff um, he doesn't finish well around the rim doesn't finish well in traffic I think that's part of the the explosiveness thing but it also is just like doesn't super seem comfortable trying to to force the action at the rim, and that's something that's going to need to improve. He also, I don't know if you saw this as much as I did. I was, I didn't really notice it as much as when I was watching the live games. Um, so maybe that's all I really need to know. But like, he's not a great ball handler. Like, it's it's kind of a yeah. That's why I think a lot of people are saying that he needs to be like a two or three guard. And if you can get yeah. Killian Hayes to focus on ball handling, that's why it actually might fit really well. Yeah, it's just it's an odd thing because you 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 watch him play and he has all these tools of like man, a great like a truly great point guard, and then you kind of watch him dribble and you're like, oh no, that's not great. Like he's it's it's very, I don't know. It's it's not like he's Clay Thompson who can't dribble, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. But but it's. It's it's fairly rudimentary, and when you combine that with kind of a lack of of athleticism, he has a he has a hard time getting around, turning the corner, and getting around guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's gonna that, that to me is the biggest indicator of like I'm not sure he's gonna be a great scorer. Uh, and I, by great, I mean like I don't think he's gonna be a 25 point per game scorer. Like I definitely think he can he can be a 20 22 point per game guy. But um, I don't know. He there's there's some of that he. He did get a lot of turnovers again. That's partly playing with not very good teammates mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but I do think he's somebody that you can you can run a blitz at him. I think you're going to be more effective in that than you can be against Luca or even or certainly Steph or Dame or one of those guys. You you can you can do that. He's kind of he's kind of a how do I put this? He sees the passes. Sometimes the passes aren't great. Like he he's kind of his accuracy as a passer needs to be improved upon because he certainly sees everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you see more than you'd really like for somebody who who is as good of a, has as great vision as he does. You you see a lot of times where the ball doesn't really hit the shooter in the shooting pocket, um, or he he leads the guy to the wrong spot, things like that. Um, which again, those are relatively limited issues. You know, it's not most of them are not that big of a deal, but. I don't know. The big one to me is just like I'm. I don't really buy him as um, a top level scorer on a on a good team. I think I think you're you're better. You're best served with him as like I think he can be by f- easily can be the high usage rate guy and handle the ball all the time. But you're gonna you kind of need a guy a second guy who's like a really good uh, elite level scorer. I think to maximize what he does well. But I don't know. What what do you see? Kind of the same things. Like I just I think that you're gonna like as you know, we see more and more players go to the college that they don't and they spend one year in like I think this is a perfect example of a guy who was so good and had no business being in Oklahoma State 
but he was there. And then they said, okay, here's the ball, go. You know, and I think that that's part of the reasons why you do see some of those deficiencies is that mm-hmm. he's not really playing a position of strength by being the constant ball handler, you know. Yeah. Um, and so if you can surround him in a position where he is going to be in a position where he's better suited, I think that's going to be where you – like you won't see the dribbling be, you know, egregiously bad. And then he won't have to force passes because he's not going to have the ball constantly. Mm-hmm. Um there's not there's just not very much to say negatively about him from the sense of again I think I think that he his body mold is like exactly what you want in an NBA player yeah. right now like yeah. exactly and so the the only thing about him really is are the is whoever drafts him going to break him basically is what it yeah. is what it boils down to so <laughs> along that line real quick so we can move on to the next one uh, you already kind of said some comparisons. Do you have any more off the top of your head? No, I mean, you said Grant Hill. I think that's a really good one. Uh, you know, a little Luca, a little, little Harden. Um, he's got a little SGA to him as well. High school Sean Livingston is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, like I love I loved him so much as a high school. Like, one of the, like, five high school players that I've ever really gotten invested in. I thought he was just such a cool high school player. Um so he's got, he, you know, he's got a little bit of, got a little bit of all those things. I will say, I see him as a high usage rate guy. Like he's somebody mm-hmm. that I do want to have the ball most of the time. Um, but I do like the thought of like having. I mean, every team needs multiple ball mm-hmm. handlers. We've seen that in these these playoffs maybe more than ever before. But I do like the idea of him pairing with a point guard, and I love you can do that because he's six foot eight mm-hmm. and his wingspan's seven foot one or something like that. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. So I think that. We are, and by we, I mean just NBA, Twitter, and and watchers at at large. I think that we do this every year with guys Mm -hmm. where we kind of, we sort of talk ourselves out of the best player or or talk ourselves down on the best Mm -hmm. guys and up on, on the lesser guys. And that's kind of where we're at with Cade. I've, I've heard a few podcasts and read a few pieces the last few days where people are, it's not that they're really knocking him. It's like that we've just, we've gotten to a place where it seems like the narrative seems to suggest that he is, that he's going to be good, not great. And there's, and some of these other guys, Mobley and Green in particular, have a higher ceiling. And I disagree. <laughs> I just yeah. don't, I, I don't know. So I, I, along those lines, what is your ceiling and your floor for Cade to let to close up? I mean, I, I think he is by far, and, and some people will use this as a knock. I do not, but like he, he is by far the safer pick of any of these, these guys. Um, because his seal, his floor is like, I don't know. Serviceable starter. 17. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 17, seven and seven, you know, and shoot with ridiculous shooting splits and, and this kind of thing. I mean, and I think that that's low of what he, I don't know, like, especially given his size and his, his position Mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. Like that's everything that we are looking for in a, a top level. Every team in the league needs this guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's, it's, it seems it it also seems like he could very easily... I mean, like, we're comparing him to guys like Grant Hill. Like, if he turned out to be a Grant Hill-level player... Without that's injuries? a top... Yeah, I mean, that's a top yeah. five player in the league. 100%. Top ten, you yeah. know? I mean, 
I, it, it's yeah. He just he contributes in every area of the game, and so to me, like like worst case scenario, he is a high level starter, borderline all star who does everything and i can play with anybody he's super versatile in the ways that you can build around him i i or with him Mm -hmm. you know it's it's to me he's the type of guy that every single team needs three of let alone Mm -hmm. one i I mean just from a again from a position standpoint there's nothing he doesn't have any weakness there's nothing that's like a a that he's real bad at he's he's kind of a five tool basketball player yeah and whether he's a star at all those five tools probably not but it's He's real, real good. I totally and agree with I you. Don't, I think that he could so. be all NBA like easily. Yeah, and and I don't think I don't think that like he has the you know obviously some of this depends on roster construction and team that drafts him and whatever. But I I feel like at worst he's a one to two time All Star at worst. You know like yeah. And so sure. All right. Well, let's you know do we have anything else we want to move on? No. Let's move. Okay. Let's move to a different type. Like I know that there's a okay. couple of let's let's move to Evan Mobley. Some people have him. Like a lot of people have him number two on their mocks and their big big boards. Uh, some people have him as low as four out of these four. But let's just let's just change directions. Okay. Evan Mobley is a freshman from USC. He is seven feet, uh, two hundred fifteen pounds. He's nineteen years old. Uh, this year he averaged sixteen point eight points a game. He shot thirty one percent from three, which is a little bit. Eye opening. Um, eight eight point six rebounds a game, three blocks a game. Um, Kevin O'Connor has him as a big and shades of Chris Bosch and Christian Wood. What are your initial thoughts about Evan Mobley? I like him a lot as well. Um, for me, I will say I have tier one is Cade in his own group. Mm-hmm. And then tier two is the, these other three guys. Um, so, you know, for whatever, take that for what you will, but yeah, I, I mean, he has an elite skill, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to protect the rim and that's, that's awesome. And he's, he's very switchable, which is huge, obviously as well to be able to, um, to uh, jump out at, at pretty much anybody. I mean, he's, you he, he he may be a better defender against ones on the switch than he is against a lot of fives, you know. Yeah. So because of his because of his frame right now, so that's pretty great. He's got just, I mean, you know, we've seen plenty of guys come through that like, man, that guy gets a lot of block shots. But there's a big difference between a guy who who blocks some shots and a guy who is a shot blocker, mm-hmm. you know. And he is a natural born instinctive shot blocker, and it's. It's pretty great to watch. Um, he contests and contains really well on pick and roll. I just I don't think you're gonna. I don't think he's gonna get abused on defense by um, what most teams do. I mean, we're watching the finals mm-hmm. right now where both teams are just running pick and roll left and right, yeah. and trying to, you know, what are you trying to do in that? You're, you're you're trying to get a big on a small or a small on a big, pretty much. And he's a guy that can hold the line, I think, in in all of those situations and scenarios. And he's really advanced as as a defensive player. He's very raw in a lot of areas, but just from a, a, a defensive standpoint and knowing what to do with, I, I, he's he really he really knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's he's super good at it. Um, and then you know, offensively is is where he's a little more raw, but he he has real skills as a role man. I was about um, to say you jumps. you were talking about how his pick and roll defense is good. He's he's pretty good on offense on the pick and roll as well. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. They didn't use him enough like that at USC. I think that they'll, that's what, I mean, coming in from day one, that's what he does offensively, I, I would say, yeah. uh, for most teams. 100%. Like the, re- the shot may develop, we'll talk about that in a second, but whether or not it does, he can come in pretty much from day one and, and contribute as, as a role man. Mm-hmm. He does really, he's got great footwork on offense. He, you know, he showed a little bit as a grab and go, but th- he also, I was surprised because I, I guess I didn't watch as much as, as many USC games as, as, as I should have this season. I was surprised by what a solid playmaker he is from the top mm-hmm. of the key, especially. And he's got a little face up game and you can drop it to him on the short roll or use him in dribble handoffs, all that kind of stuff. And he really does it. And you also see it on, on in transition too. Like he can grab and go for real. And I like, you know, you remember like when Bull Bull was in the draft <laughs> and everybody was like, man, grab and go potential and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, I mean, he does, he'll show signs, but like, I think Mobley is legit. Like he is a guy who can grab the rebound and push it up the court in an NBA game. And that's what an, what an asset it is to have your, your center be able to do all these things. Well, and not only that, but that's, you know, one of the things you're saying is that one of the things that people are cracking on him is that he will get beat up by Jokic and Embiid and mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert, but also he's going to stretch those guys out, which is which in in not in Embiid and Jokic as much, but you know with Gobert that plays him off the court, you know, because like sure. he's going to be able to stretch out and on pick and roll pick and rolls, he's going to be able to stay out on top and and play from out there as well, and so mm-hmm. you know that actually might be a strength of his, I think so. Yeah, we're gonna see. So there's varying, there's varying opinions on him as a sh- as a shooter, uh, as, as a future shooter, because he's he's certainly not a shooter now. But as as a, as a future shooter, I think that I am lower on him as a shooter than than some. I like his mechanics. He he's odd in that he has good touch, but his mechanics aren't very good. So it's kind of a strange combo it's like i hate i hate his release super super slow um just don't think he does it i see him i think less as a a true stretch five and more as a guy who will hit a few threes if you leave him open Mm -hmm. um that's kind of where i land but but obviously there's a lot of mechanical things that could be fixed and and maybe he turns out to be to be more than that but i don't know what where where do you stand on that are you you see him as a guy who can like legitimately become a a shooter from the five, i think it's possible it? and i think it's gonna be mm-hmm. if his frame stays the way it is i think it's gonna have to be something that he adds to his bag probably yeah um mm-hmm. you know of course they're you know everyone is comparing him to chris bosh like i mean that's like not even mm-hmm. that close to an original thought i mean i see that but i think a lot of it is just because of the way he looks to me yes. like he needs to be more like, I don't know, like a young Kevin Garnett, maybe like mm-hmm. somebody that can hit those mid range jumpers, but also can just, you just throw it down inside and like, but he's going to have to put on some muscle for that kind of stuff. And so he's either gonna have to put on muscle to fight these guys down low, or he's going to have to develop a, some sort of better shot yeah. from the outside. And yeah, I agree. typically that's the way that these go is that either you develop the shot or you get played off the court like Marvin Bagley. Yeah. You know, and so Cause he has good footwork in the post too, but like yeah. he's not going to be able to move the actual defenders that he's going to face in the NBA yeah. in the post. It's just not, it's not going to, and I, I, I have some, like if there's, I try, I try to look at these guys as like, we've talked about this before, just from a draft philosophy standpoint, you, you tr- I try to see like, what's the high, what's the low, what's kind of the median outcome. And then also, okay, 
let's say, you know, if this guy succeeds, how, you know, what is it that lets him succeed? And if he doesn't succeed, what is it that holds him back from, from succeeding? And one of the things for me is like, I, I worry, I'm not sure his frame is going to allow him to add the weight that he really needs to add. I mean, he is real thin and that's fine because he's 19 years old, you know, and he's super springy and all this sort of stuff. But like, I'm not sure that those shoulders will carry as much weight as I'd really, and those legs as, as I'd really like him to, to be able to put on, to be, to kind of maximize what, what he can do. And obviously I don't know that. And I'm, you know, I'm just watching from afar mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, but that would be, that'd be something that would concern me as, as far as like, do I have, you know, am I buying stock in, in Evan Mobley? The, 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 you know, can, can he, can he add weight? I, I, I don't know. It's, that's a, that's a real question to me. Someone, someone that I can't remember, I wish I could credit him, said that they think he has Mo Bamba blessed potential. And I'm like, that's just, <laughs> that's, to me, that's asinine because. Yeah, I don't see that. Mo Bamba yeah. was just large. And that's why people yeah. put him so high. Mobley actually has skills. Yeah. And, yes. and so I, I think a lot of this will depend on who drafts him. Um, yeah. Right now, like some, a lot of people have him slated going to the Rockets because. You know, they have Christian Wood, and he kind of fills that same mold. And so, you know, some people have him going to the Rockets, and then they would, in theory, trade Christian Wood. Or some people have him not <laughs> going there because they have Christian Wood. Where do you right. think – so we talked about, you know, some weaknesses, some some positives. What do you think is his best-case scenario of these top four teams or possibly a team sliding in to get him? If Houston drafts him and, – and I'm – I mean, I'm of the opinion that, like, Houston has no talent. So the fact that Christian Wood is their best player to build around for the future at the moment, I would not let that. If, if, I do not believe that Christian Wood and Evan Mobley can play together long term, and that would not stop me from drafting Evan Mobley if I believed that he was the best player on the board. You know, Because mm-hmm. you, tr- you just trade Christian Wood. Just full stop. You just trade Christian Wood. Um, I think he'd be interesting in Cleveland, too. I mean, there's there really isn't a to me i mean he's going to go at i would say at worst four and i think that's probably low i think he's probably two three one or the other and either one of those spots would be fine i you know i don't know how well he'll sit with with jared allen but again that's the same thing it's like i really like jared allen but if you you know if you draft if you draft evan mobley and he can't work with with jared allen then you can just trade Jared Allen. It's not that, I don't think that you, you will have lots of suitors, even if mm-hmm. Jared Allen is on a big contract at that point. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would Houston makes sense to me and, and would give him an opportunity to have a couple years where there's no pressure and he can kind of develop out a little bit. But if he ends up at Cleveland, I think that, that, that works too. He, he can be, he can be fine. I see the Chris Bosch thing, but I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that's, it's, that's it's based lazy. on his body type. A lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's yeah, the thing. I feel sure. like every year there's some guy that's like, oh, it's Chris Bosh just because he's seven feet and skinny. Like, and, yeah. and so that, that's that's why I, don't, right. I, I, I hate seeing that everywhere. Yeah. The other guy that I see a lot of in him, and I don't know, maybe this seems like an odd comparison because their frames are so different, but I see a lot of Bam with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I well. could see that. But he has more... Um, he has more ball sense than Bam did coming in and I like we saw that this year with Bam of like not really being sure what to do with the ball all the time things like that I think he knows more of what to do with the ball but you see like the playmaking the Bam has 
he he uses his body really well, given especially given his frame, like Bam does. I mean, Bam he looks like he's chiseled out of stone, but Evan Mobley's not quite that same type of guy. But I mean, there's definitely differences. But I, I can see how teams can look at him and you. And I mean, look, he he. I don't. I mean, he he plays one of the most valuable roles in the NBA right now. Like mm-hmm. a switchable switchable big is massive like every team is looking for those guys right now and and so you know he, he can he brings a lot of that to the table it's it's good stuff he's a great prospect yeah totally okay let's move on to the two that i think are going to cause the most conversation in the in the next few days um let's go let's go jalen green uh jalen green he is from the g league ignite um he is six foot five, 165, 19 years old, uh, 17.9 points, 36 shot, 37% from three, had 2.8 assists in the very lim- limited time he had. Um, just all right, real off the bat, what are your original th- or your you know first thoughts on Jalen Green, who seems to be skyrocketing on the <laughs> the draft scuttlebutt right now? Everybody seems to yeah. be talk pushing him forward. I mean, Rosillo has said multiple times that he he's talked to front offices that had that have him number one over Cade. Okay, um, I want to interrupt you. Why do you think that is? Is that is that going back to the thing that we that you were talking about with Cade, where we're just trying to make problems yeah. for Cade, or is it he actually having workouts that are showing that? I think it's a combination of Cade feels boring because we we've known so much about him for so long, mm-hmm. and he you know, is very, he's very stable and steady and all this sort of stuff. Now, I mean, I'm very excited by a lot of what Kate does, but it, you know, I, I just think people have this like feeling of like, well, he's going to be a, a high floor guy, which I just, I don't totally see. Whereas green definitely green definitely has number one score potential. Mm-hmm. Um, in him would, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Do yeah. You, you feel and like I think that's why a lot of people are, pushing for him over Cade or saying he might mm-hmm. be the best one because I do think that day one he can come out and drop 30 points on a on any random night. I don't think he's going to average 30, but I, I think that there could be games where he kind of goes nuts and scores 30 points for a bad team and a bad loss, you know, <laughs> and like, yeah. and so like it's, yeah. it's a very, you know, I don't, this is not my comparison of him, like, cause I don't think that I've seen this, but it's a very like early years of Zach Levine, you know, or early or bulls Zach Levine of this guy will go out and score points, but he's not going to be, you know, like necessarily yeah. winning games for sure. You know? I, yeah, I totally. I mean, but you can see, you can totally see why he's a guy that people are are high on and and falling in love with and all this sort of stuff. Like he's a super crazy athlete, he's super explosive. Um, he's going to create highlights left and right. He moves so well. I mean, he just like once he gets ahead of steam, you're kind of mm-hmm. you're kind of hosed. Um, and you know, he he has those like at least in theory because I do think I. I I do think that it's a little more in theory than it is in practice, but at least in theory, he has those one-on-one scoring moves that, that Cade maybe doesn't. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a great value. You know, being able to draft a guy who's like, I mind, I, I, I get 25 points a night from this guy um, is, is a huge thing. And we always talk about how 
how important it is to have guys who are capable of creating their own shot and getting scoring one on one because the game just comes down to to that so much. Um, so it's a huge it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. You can totally see why teams uh, are are putting him so high and maybe talking themselves into him a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, um, and, and it's just I, I saw the other, I saw when I was researching him this week, like somebody said that I think I think that I don't know if they quoted an exec, but they said executives are afraid to miss out on the the next Kobe. They they don't want to be the Hornets, you know, or mm-hmm. or whoever else of whatever you know, Vladi <laughs> for the Vladi thing. So you know, they they they're like they're afraid that if they pass on him, it's he's going to be the next big thing. Which listen, I'm not saying he won't be that, but it, that seems a little bit like premature considering, like because like, and I don't, I'm not knocking his decision to go to the G League because I do think that that is a very viable thing. But in this year was just a weird year if he didn't get a full like normal stretch with that stuff. But for a player we haven't seen play regularly, you know, it just seems a little weird to mm-hmm. be for him to be shooting so quickly and then people saying things like this. And so like it, it very well could be accurate. It's just it just seems very yeah. weird, like and very scary, I guess. Right. I I just think I think that he is the, he's the potential play and people view Kate as the safe play. And I mean, I think Cade is safe, but I also, again, I just think he he does have a, a quite a bit of of potential to him as well. I just Green really jumps off the the, the screen at you, J- like, and the veterans who are on the ignite, like Jerry Jack was on. I've referenced Rosillo a lot, but it is what it is. Um, uh, Jerry Jack was on Rosillo's podcast a few weeks ago, and he just he lavished all kinds of praise on Jalen Green. It was like this guy wants it; he comes after it every day. Like all the things that you want to hear mm-hmm. about a guy, especially a guy who is so based on potential. Um, not so much about Kaminga, by the way, uh, who we'll talk about next week. But I mean, I totally get why people are selling themselves on Green. I probably have a safer philosophy typically than than some of these guys do so it you know kind of take that as you will he to me right now we're kind of transitioning into some of the 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 weaknesses um like man he does a great job of creating shots for himself and man a lot of those shots are terrible you know (laughs) Uh and it's it's there's so much projection to trying to figure out like, okay, is he going to learn from these things and, or is he going to learn what's a good shot? What isn't? And how quickly is he going to learn that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you mentioned Zach Levine. Levine to me is like the best example of, of or comp for him. And Levine is in his, I don't know, fifth, sixth season, something, seventh season. So, something I mean, like it's that. been a while. Yeah. Cause he started in Minnesota. And this is the first year where you're like, Oh, he got it. Like he understands now how to actually play basketball, not just like mm-hmm. hoist shots and stuff. So I, I mean, I really think there's that's that's something that these teams have got to figure out. There is no doubt. You're exactly right. There is no doubt that this guy is capable of scoring thirty points in a game right immediately. Let's just walk into the league, scored thirty five points in his his season debut. He also is exceedingly capable of going two for seventeen in a game yeah. and having every veteran player staring at him like, what are you doing? Um, it's just a lot of bad shots. I don't really love his mechanics. It's, 
I mean, he shot 36% from three, but it doesn't look good to me most of the time. Um, I don't know. I that the, but but it's not like terrible, so it can, it can it can be fixed. I don't really love his handle. He doesn't really offer much as a passer at this point. Like I'm, I'm sure you saw, there's moments where you see like, oh man, that's a really good read, but not very often. So that's gonna be something that has to to be figured out. Um, he's very bad at defense at this point. Yes. Like he brings some energy, so that's cool, but like. He does not understand the fundamentals of defense at, at like at all at all, in my opinion. Um, and he's he is really easy. He gets distracted off ball, and he's re- on ball. He's really easy to get bumped off his spot. He gets screened very easily. He just doesn't he doesn't offer anything on that that side of the floor mm-hmm. right now. Um, and that's okay because he's again he's nineteen years old and he's he's super athletic. And he's pretty, you know, he's pretty fluid as an, as an athlete too. So it's like, you, you can, you can project that there's, here's how we can, we can help him get better at those things. But it's hard in, in my opinion, like in the experience of watching these, these guys over the years, if you get to this point and you don't have the fundamentals of defense, it's, it can be really hard to pick that up in the NBA. And so that's, that's a real, that's a real concern. You know, I mean, he just seems like a guy who could, score 30 points, and also give up 30 points in any given sure. night, you know? Okay, last thing on him, and then we'll move to our last one. What do you think his best position, like his best fit is out of these four teams or a team coming in for him? They, they, any rumors that might be out there? Yeah, I mean, Houston would be interesting because again, they have no talent. There's nobody. I mean, he him. could go just to Houston and just go. be that guy that sells yeah. tickets and and just gets buckets, and that might be good for them. But it also is probably not going to win you a bunch of games right now. So yeah, I mean, he's not. I don't think he contributes to winning much immediately. But it might be good for him to be in Houston and just like, cool man, here's the ball, go whatever, go figure. Oh, I'm so, the the other thing that that kind of bugs me with him is he he's listed at six five. He is not six five. He does not look no. like six five, and, and and even if he if he measures six five, he plays so much smaller than he mm-hmm. is. I, I said on my little draft guide, I was like, he if I didn't if he wasn't listed at six five, he was listed at six six in the in the the G League thing. But if I just saw him on the court, I'd be like six two. He's six foot two. <laughs> yeah. He does not. He does not possess intimidating size like on any level whatsoever. And that, that concerns me as somebody who's certainly not ever going to be a point guard, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're consistently playing below your, your size, I, I don't know that that stresses me out just, just a little bit. So anyway, sorry, uh, Houston be an interesting fit. If, if Houston takes Mobley, Cleveland should probably still take green just from a potential standpoint. And then you just trade one of those one or both of those other guys. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think it sounds like they want to get out of Sexton anyway, so whatever. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Orlando and I know Oklahoma City are just dying for him to drop a little bit, but I don't think there's any chance. He's he's not. I don't know. To me, I, I don't, if, I, I if you're I Oklahoma City, he gets out of that. if you're Oklahoma City, this is the guy that I think if you can't package to get to Cade, then you. I almost think you get package to go to him because I yeah. think he could be fun for your team. Suggs is definitely the better, like, you know, which we'll talk about here in a second. He's probably the safer choice of those, but, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, or you just decide if you can't get Cade, it's not, not worth it, probably. But, you know, I just, I feel like he this guy could come in and 
he could sell tickets almost right away. And that's in that's if in and you're still gonna be bad next year. So sell your tickets, have a player come out and ball out, and then have another top five pick next year, hopefully, you know. And if you're the Thunder, you can have, you know, the whole first round next year. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, we man, we've done pretty good. We've done about fifteen minutes on each player, so let's keep it going. Last one of the four, top four, uh, Jalen Suggs, the hero from the NCAA tournament. Uh, he is a freshman from Gonzaga, six four, two oh five is what he's listed at. Fourteen points a game, shooting thirty five percent from three, four point five assists a game, and two point eight steals. What are your initial thoughts of Jalen Suggs? I love Suggs. I, I, we haven't really talked about, but I assume you're in the same boat. Um, he just, he does all the things that we like as in players, I think. So, um, maybe you'll surprise me and say, actually not a big fan, but, um, super competitive. I love his size and his, but he's the opposite of, of green to me where it's like, it seems like he's playing beneath his size. Whereas Suggs, you know, he's six, four, but he kind of plays like he's six, six. Um, He's great athlete. If he Jalen Green, Green has this going for him too, where it's like, man, if he gets out ahead of you, you're you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like you're just he's gonna Suggs is is maybe even better because he also can pass. So Green, it's just like, watch out, this guy's gonna try to dunk on your head. Um, Suggs is like, uh, he may dunk on you, he may pull up, or he may find somebody for a ridiculous bucket and and just really bring the house down on top of you. Um, if he gets going, you you know, at speed, you, you, you kind of can't t- stop him. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's just, I wrote down, it's like, you just run to the basket and hope that you can challenge him with like verticality <laughs> and that he'll, he'll miss. Um, great passer, not like elite level vision. I think the way that like Cade has or something, part of that may be the size, but he has a lot of passes in his bag and he'll, he'll pull them out. He's very unselfish. Um, especially again on the break, uh, Gonzaga didn't, they ran so much that they didn't use as much pick and there's not as much pick and roll tape as you'd really like, but he, he handled it really well in, in, in those situations. Um, he just, he has that like control the pace kind of thing. And then that's on the offensive end on defense. He is a nightmare. I mean, he's just a, he's a total monster. He gets after you. He's up in your Jersey. Um, he just, I mean, he, he goes, he goes to you, um, on, on defense and it's, it's really fun to watch him on that side of the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, that's part of the whole, like he's, you know, he's, he plays bigger than he is. Like he, he makes life really difficult on your ball handlers and, and at the point of attack, he just does a great job of, of messing with, with, uh, with guys. Opponent shot thirty three percent against him at point seven one points per which is crazy this year. I love that. Yeah, I mean, he just he impacts it so much on that end of the floor. I, From day one, I think he's a he's a guy you say, okay, cool, you're guarding you're guarding their point guard, so mm-hmm. go go make life miserable for them. I feel like he could he has the potential to be the best pro out of all these guys. Mm-hmm. Like. Obviously, I, it, it sounds weird to say, but it's almost like he's the boring of the three or of the four. Yes, even though, 100% even is. though, yeah. like he just showed us in high, you know, intensity basketball how fun he is and how dominating he is in the tournament. You know, and it's just like if if things were to go the way they are right now, and he goes at four to Toronto, like how how thrilled are you if you're Toronto? 
that you're going to say bye to Kyle yeah. Lowry and then replace him with Kyle Suggs yes. and and have him possibly run out there with Malachi Flynn, you know, in a couple of years. Like, I mean, that's mm. that's awesome. Like, that's that's you know, so like, it's it's weird that he's the you know probably the best player to come out of college this year. You know, outside of I don't know, like you know, he had the most success. Is the better way to put that? Sorry, most success to put that and he's the one we're talking about the least. I mean, I think that his shooting is going to have to be improved if he's going to play the yeah. point guard position in the NBA. Um, but I like the stones that he has puts him above, mm-hmm. above and beyond yeah. for me in, in like really, I mean, really any, any of these three guards, like you'd be happy with if you're these top four teams. And so like, mm-hmm. you can't complain too much about it, but like I just think his defensive his defensive prowess is going to what make, sets him apart from maybe even Jalen Green because like Jalen Green can't play defense. I mean, and maybe that's the maybe that's the kind of dogfight that keeps Suggs over mm-hmm. you know Jalen Green yeah. in the in the long run. But um, what are your comps for him? Like, what's your main comp for Jalen Suggs? Yeah, I mean, I you mentioned Brandon Roy earlier. I see a little bit of that with him, although he's he's smaller than Brandon Roy was. There's some De'Aaron Fox. There's a little bit of Chauncey Billups. Um, maybe on the low end, he's kind of like Eric Bledsoe, but I think with more, like, ball skill. Um, maybe some Drew Holiday. I mean, see, he, yeah, he I see has, Drew Holiday. That's that's, yeah, that's what I see. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of has modern point guard genes all over. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he seems like somebody who has studied a lot of players and has kind of incorporated some of that into his game. He's got to get better as a shooter. I I mean he was only thirty four percent in college. I I kind of buy his his transition to shooting more than I do some of these other guys that are in this draft. He his mechanics aren't great, but they're not. I don't know. He's he's kind of odd. He doesn't. I can't tell if it's lack of touch or if it's just what I'm leaning towards right now is just that he is inexperienced as a shooter because he's always just been able to physically dominate mm-hmm. people like with his athleticism and stuff like that. But like when you watch him shoot, you're like, okay, yeah, that's, I mean, it's fine. Like it's not great. It's not Ray Allen or something, but it's, it's okay. And I don't really have much concern on that front. He didn't shoot. I think this, honestly, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I think the number one thing he needs to work on is figuring out when to shoot a floater and when not to. He didn't shoot. He only shot 14 floaters last year, hmm. um, but he was nine for 14, and he has great touch on those. It's like he needs to figure out how to, how to when to shoot those a little bit because he wasn't great finishing at the rim. I don't know. He just seems to me like a guy who last year was the first year of his life where he ever met somebody who was good, you know, <laughs> like who was as talented as he is from a – like competitive competition standpoint and there was some adjustment to it. Um, so I, I kind of buy him as a shooter and, and figuring some of those things out. And, you know, I, I think Suggs is, I think you're totally right with, with the Raptors. They would be thrilled to, to be able to, to get him. I think Suggs feels like a little bit of a safer play than, than green does for sure. And he's going to impact the game on defense immediately. So, you know, there's, there's that it's, I think he definitely has less potential as a scorer than the other three guys that are that are here, but I don't know, man. Like I just I feel like he could be I feel like he's special mm-hmm. and or at least has real potential to be totally agree. special. And and look, the other guys do too. Green does, Mobley does, all that. I just 
for me, again, like when I talk, when I think about like what's the median outcome, I think his median outcome is higher than Green's is, and I don't know, maybe it is than Mobley too. So like, I also think I, he's going to be the most likable player of these fours too. Like I think I think when it's all said and done, like we're all going to like like him more than yeah. we you know than we do the other guys probably. If you put a coach with him who can teach him, it's not just the shooting. The other thing that he that is a little bit of a struggle for him is like he kind of has that um, he kind of has that Westbrook go 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 mentality, uh-huh. and he controls the pace so he forces you to play at his pace. When you force him to play at your pace, especially you know slowing the ball down and stuff, you can tell he gets frustrated. Like you can you can see it on his face that he's like. I want to go. I want to go. Like, this is annoying mm-hmm. me. And that's where a lot of his turnovers come over of him just like, forget it. I'm just going to try this kind of thing. Um, if you get a coach that really teaches him how to mix his 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 go with a little bit of stop, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's, I feel like there's almost no world in which he is not like a high-level starter for 12 years mm-hmm. in the league. And, and you're right, too. Like, play, uh, fans are going to love him. And I think players are going to love him too. Mm-hmm. That may not be the case with Green. No, hundred percent. No, like I, like I could see Green being incredibly hated by the time he's like a fifth, fifth yeah. year player. And that may not matter at it may all. Not, if no. he I mean, Kobe was really hated for years. He's, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. If he if he hits what he's capable of hitting, <clears throat> it may not matter at all. But I think Suggs goes in and just like immediately veteran players like him, young players like him. He, I think he can be pretty vocal. I mean, there's just. I think he's he's a team leader from from day one almost, mm-hmm. and I and, and he can fit all around the league too. Yeah, I would totally agree. So, what's your what's your four? What's your board? What what does it look like in order from for these four? You know, my what I wrote down was was Cade, and then Suggs because I I love Suggs mm-hmm. Green then Mobley, and that honestly is. If you asked me a week from now, it probably would change. And if I'm any of these four teams, I'm really going to be th- like, you know, I mean, I, Detroit needs to take Cade, and if they don't, it'll be a huge bummer. You know, like they they mm-hmm. they should not trade out of that. They shouldn't unless unless OKC literally gives them all of their number ones. And I still probably have to think about it. You need to take Cade. So if I'm the next three, I'm really okay with any of these guys. I think they all are going to be good pros. The only reason I have Mobley four is because I just I, I don't like bigs as much as I like guards just as a personal preference. I think guards are more fun and like that's kind of where the where the <laughs> league is going. And I I think like I said, I think Suggs is going to be so likable and I think he's going to be fun and I think he's going to be good for a team. But I also think Green can be awesome too. But right now my big board for them is one is Cunningham 1, Suggs 2, Green 3, Mobley 4. Okay. I I've gone back and forth on who I value most and, and all this sort of stuff. I I think right now I sit at Cunningham one, Mobley two, Suggs three, Green four. Mm-hmm. Um I just potential guys worry me. And that's again, that's just draft that that's me. That's draft draft philosophy. Like I I get real nervous about uh well his ceiling's really high kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Like that just I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't pan out as often as as front offices tend to to think that it that it does. So 
I don't know. I have no real issue with with I have no issue with Jalen Green whatsoever. And I know he's. I think there's a really good chance he goes two, or three. I I think there is a very very good chance that Suggs goes number four out of all of this. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if Houston goes Green or Mobley, but I think. There's a great chance that Suggs is it ends up being number four. I hope it, Suggs doesn't just, go too because I don't want him wasting away in Houston. Same here, same yeah. here. I, Toronto, I just think would run to the podium to draft Suggs if he drops to four because it's just that's that's such a great fit for them and he does so many great things and he's just such a good player. Yeah, I don't um, think there's any world that he slips past four, but I have seen a couple of mocks today that has Scotty Barnes going above above him. Yeah, he's rising. He is. We'll talk about him yeah. next week. Um, I would not. I don't know. I there's there. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit next week because there are several teams in that next group that um are teams that like I talk a lot about. Like I think that there are teams that should take chances and there are teams that shouldn't. You know, mm-hmm. and there's several teams in that next group that are real. Chance opportunities to take chances, I think, either because their rosters are already pretty good, so you can take a swing at somebody who might be, you know, high risk, high reward, mm-hmm. um, or are so bereft of talent that you should take a risk at getting a guy who potentially is like a superstar mm-hmm. kind of guy. And so, there's some of that. I, I do not see a, a world in which I would draft. Any of these guys, any of the guys under below number four above, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's like Scotty Barnes. I love, I'm a big Scotty Barnes guy. And right now he's probably fifth on my board. So we'll, we'll get into that big time next week, but I could not justify drafting him over any of these guys. Yeah. The only over, thing that needs to change from this man. top four is if, is if someone jumps in to take one of these players, like, like these four teams should mm-hmm. be, yeah. only interviewing these four guys like that's that sure that's just my opinion you know obviously but like i just don't i feel like the the, the you know the drop off from Cade to tier two is is pretty large but in the drop off from tier two to tier three is not that large but it's just you know you you it's to me it's pretty easy for you if you're an executive of especially if you're toronto or cleveland okay at that point like mm-hmm. you just it's a 50 50 chance you take one of those two guys and right. move on you know like right. that's just yeah Houston has a lot of, I mean, they got a lot to figure out which way they want to go mm-hmm. with all this. And that will kind of dictate where, you know, how the rest of things play out. But yes. But yeah, we're, we're both in agreement. Like it would take a pretty significant offer for me if I was Detroit to move off of mm-hmm. that. Like that's a, I think Kate is, is such a great, great fit there. And there'd be no, I'd have no, no issue uh, or no doubt about like, this is our guy. Number one. Yeah. So but the rest, we'll see. Well, I think there's there's shades of differences between all of them, and um, whichever one of those guys goes to, I think it's justifiable. Mm-hmm. I think all three of them really bring real real skill and talents to the table, and you know it may not work out. You know the Rockets may draft Jalen Green, and then it turns out Jalen Suggs was the was the better player and ends up having the better the better career. But I, I'm not gonna. I don't think anyway. For me at least, I'm not gonna dog the. The Rockets or the or the Cavs for taking any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, I would only get, I would only get there if they took Kaminga or somebody like that mm-hmm. when these guys are sitting on the board. So, but we'll see. Okay, next week uh, in our bonus episode, we'll talk about those uh, in less detail, obviously, than than for these top four. But we'll, we'll talk about those guys who are kind of sitting somewhere between five and fifteen. Go through a few of them, look at the spots where they might fall, and in, in terms of the teams, what might happen. There's a lot of potential there for some trades as well. 
So we may, I don't know, but maybe next week we'll have some some rumors that we can kind of delve into on that stuff as well. Um, thanks for listening to this. Hope you had a good time with it. Um, we'll be back again, like I said, with our regularly scheduled episode next week in addition to our draft bonus coverage. Uh, so, But be on the lookout for that, and uh, we really appreciate you listening. Until then, stay hard, Roddy Rogers. <laughs>